to the Steel Men Podcast, where we take a 15-minute look at a news story and try to have an honest conversation about it. We're the Steel Men. My name is Will, and with me is Jay. Say hi, Jay. How you doing, Will? Jay, if you had to pick one of the greatest American heroes, past or present, as our nation's most pivotal icon, why is your choice a 15-year-old TikToker? Is it because she's the embodiment of the bright light of truth, or as one of the greatest world uh, whistleblowers of all time, is it because she's the most reliable source of information since Bob Woodward? Tell me. <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd lean towards, you know what? None of the above. All you got to look at is Joan of Arc. Look what Joan of Arc d- did. Sure, she may have gotten massacred at the age of 17, but that 16th year, boy, she was a force. Imagine if she had a TikTok, actually. She'd Joan of Arc really cool. TikTok? Anyways, <laughs> we're, we're, today we're going to talk about uh, Claudia Conway. More importantly, we're going to talk about kids and politics, but we're going to talk about Claudia Conway uh, for right now. So who is she? She's the daughter of Kellyanne Conway, the former White House advisor to Trump, and George Conway, co-founder of the Lincoln Project, or how, as I know them, the Republican grifters who make a lot of money off of hashtag resist as hashtag never Trumpers. Uh, the girl has 1.2 million TikTok subscribers, and the reason she's in the news today is because she revealed on TikTok that her mom tested positive for COVID, and the blue check marks on Twitter went crazy over it. And that's where they called her one of the greatest whistleblowers of all time. So Claudia is kind of like an example of, I think, an increasingly longer line of kids that Parsons are using to hold up as heroes just to get their cause uh, noticed or just to get a, a law passed. And uh, I don't think she's unique. I think I just think she's like the newest one. I think we can look at uh, Greta Thunberg fighting climate change, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse defending himself against rioters. You know, people use him as a representation, an avatar of the Second Amendment. On the other side of the Second Amendment, you have David Hogg, who's fighting against uh, the forces that won't allow gun control. And then you had Nick Sandman, who represented MAGA for a while when he got in that argument with the uh, Native American up in D.C. It just seems like it, there's it's becoming more and more acceptable to use kids to argue for your p- politics. And I, I just don't think it's something we saw as as common in the 2000s or 90s. And these are just like major examples. I think I sent you a tweet, which I thought was really funny. It's like the the woman was like, my little girl, when she found out RBG died, she crossed her arms and it was like Ruth Conda forever. And it wasn't like, it wasn't (laughs) ironic. It was serious. So No, yeah, she said, just told my 10 year old daughter, this was Alexandra Lee Capps. It says, just told my 10-year-old daughter about RBG. She had tears in her eyes. And then she did the Wakanda pose and said, Ruth Conda forever, which is the sort of pop culture crossover that I can celebrate. <laughs> How can you say that? Not ironically. I don't get it. Either way, I would say that we're taking the argument that we used to say to do it for the children. And now it's the listen to the children because they know better argument. So what do you think? Do you think this is a phenomenon that's increasing? Is it in my imagination? If it is increasing, why do you think that is? And what do you think? Is this the right way to argue? Yeah, my guess is that it seems to be increasing to me. Uh, Then again, everything seems to be increasing. Like, name something bad and it seems to be increasing. But I'm guessing it's twofold. For one, we're so caught up in demonizing the other side and glorifying our own we are well willing to use kids to do it increasingly. Uh, we're willing to use them as the as uh, symbols of something 
maybe assuming the other side won't attack them, right? If you use a kid to help support your cause, then the other side, they won't dare come down on a kid. Now, I think we've seen uh, that's not quite, quite right. People are just as willing to attack a kid uh, and tweet that they look like they have a punchable face uh, like Nick Sandman, uh, just as much as they're willing to prop them up. So the polarization, yeah, that's, I mean, we've talked about it a lot. That seems to be the cause of a lot of stupid stuff going on. But the other thing is, it's just social media. Uh, I mean, Claudia Conway and pretty much every teenager has social media now. So if you have a presence like she has, uh, the you know, the name Conway and this kind of inside seat to the White House, and you're allowed to just broadcast your 15 or 16 year old thoughts to the world, um, of course, it's, it's going to grab people's attention. People are going to grab hold of anything they can uh, on the other side that makes the other side look bad. But dude, I mean, it, the danger anytime a kid gets popular is that they're going to be, their brain is going to get twisted. You're not supposed to be popular as a kid. You're supposed to socialize with other people your own age. You're supposed to learn uh, what right and wrong is. You know, you're supposed to uh, go through ups and downs personally and not have an entire nation of people potentially watching you and criticizing you. I mean, that would fuck, that fucks up adults. Uh, so generally, I think it sucks that the kids, even if they're doing, even if they're supporting a cause you're for, they're at risk for deve developing, you know, psychological issues for the rest of their life. I think you're bringing up a lot of good points, especially there about how like adults can be messed up with this much of focus on them. Like what it would do to a kid is going to be tenfold probably. I think another thing I, I think what I'd like to talk about, though, is can kids be advocates for causes? And my initial reaction personally would be like, no, don't listen to kids. They don't know any better. But I know that that's not always true. I, I think I can immediately think that if there was a war, right, and we're drafting a bunch of 18-year-olds, I think in the, that case, you know, 17-year-olds have a case to, you know, have their voice heard because they're the ones that are going to be sent to the front lines. So I know that I can't stand by the principle that you should never listen to kids about things. So I don't know. What do you think? Do you think any of these particular cases is more legitimate for a young person to have an opinion on and be the advocate for than the other? Or, I mean, do you think there is a line? Yeah, there's probably a line, a blurry line somewhere, but it it has to be kid to kid. Is this kid more prepared or more mature, uh, able to handle being in the limelight? You know, somebody like well, Claudia Conway, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, how about we talk about, and as, as an example, Greta Thunberg. Do you think she, as a young, a young adult, a young kid, I don't know how old she is now, but do you think she is appropriate for her to be the face of climate change? Because I know that people would say because climate change will affect another generation that they should have more of a say in things. That's a well. That's actually a great point. Yeah. No, I've asked. Uh, I've put the question to you before. Uh, shouldn't there be a maximum voting age? You know, why should people who uh, are going to die soon get to vote for people who are going to make policies that uh, impact generations to come? Um, which we don't have to address that uh, that question right now. But is it appropriate uh, for say Greta to be the face? And she, she is seventeen now. Uh, she came into the limelight just when she had turned 16, between 15 and 16. 
And she had been an activist for about four years before that. So let's take her in particular. For her to become an activist was completely okay. So there were these small steps that happened with her. From what I understand, she is on the autistic scale. So she, she deals with that. She has dealt with depression as a child. Parents uh, had, had been trying to get her to go to school. Uh, she, had in a, she had a condition where she wouldn't talk for months on end. Uh, so she had, and she has anxiety and OCD and all these things. So, so this was a kid that was having it rough. And she found this thing that she cared about. You know, her part of her story is learning about climate change as a fifth, you know, as a young person. Her parents were activists, too. So she probably uh, got passed on some of the activist mindset. But for her, it helped her, helped her come out of the slump. And then once she started, you know, sh- she was fully prepared to do this thing for years. And her bursting onto the scene was just a matter of happenstance. And then, you know, her parents they were just letting her do this activism thing because it was making her happy. You know, she wasn't depressed anymore. So I don't blame them. But then do, you know, do we blame collectively everyone for grabbing a hold of the the 16 year old in the media and, and propping her up without her consent, you know, just to say, Hey, you may be 16. You may be dealing with all these issues, but now we're going to put your face all over the world and your name all over the world, and now you you get to be the face of climate change. What the like? Why the hell would anyone think that's appropriate? And yet, it just happened. You know, who do you pick out? Is was some one person on social media responsible for like starting the ball rolling? I mean, it, it's just you know, it's hard to say it is or isn't appropriate when. There was never this decision made by anyone in particular to make it happen. Yeah, I think. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And I think there's something admirable about Greta in where she took a cause, she made it her own, and she learned about about it, and she wanted to become an advocate for it. And I don't, I can't fault her for that. More power to her. I think it comes to become a problem when other people use her as a cudgel. And then eventually she uses her own self as a cudgel. And I think there's there's instances, I guess, you could find in the media where I think even Greta goes a little too far. But at the same time, I can just write that off as she's young. Yeah. So it's kind of like this fine uh, line where you kind of you want to admire her, but you also know that you need to criticize her. But then you have to balance that with she's just a kid. But then you have to balance that with she's putting herself out there as an advocate. So it's like, I don't know where you, where you, you can come off looking like a good guy in that situation. Yeah. Well, and also part of it too, it's like, Hey, okay. She's 16. Yeah. That's young. But you know, even 18 year olds, 20 year olds, 22 year olds, I would argue anybody up until their mid twenties doesn't necessarily know what the hell, quite what the hell they're doing with their lives yet. So, <laughs> If, but if, that just reminds me that when Obamacare was really a big thing, they would argue that 25-year-olds were still kids. So, yeah, okay. Yeah, in this instance, I will accept that they're 25-year-old kids still. <laughs> right, right. No. The, and, and well, the, know, that's neither here nor there, but it's just funny how we talk about uh, age is so amorphous. Like, you're a kid when you're 15, depending on the argument. You're a kid uh, at 25, depending on the on the argument. I don't know. Yeah. And we're never consistent about it. No, it sucks. We draw the line wherever it pleases us in the moment. But yet, 
Yeah, like a 16-year-old, most people around the world would agree, hey, when a 16-year-old says they want to do something and it's not directly going to hurt them, you know, like getting hooked on drugs or buying a gun and joining a gang or something, if it's just, hey, I want to stand up for something I believe in, you say yes to that kid, right? Yeah. Go ahead. But like, yeah, no, I, I, I don't know where to draw the line either. And I don't have kids of my own. Even if I did, I don't think I would... I don't know if I would have a lot more clarity on it. Yeah, I think I think the important thing here is whether you're supporting the cause of the young person or you're criticizing the cause of the young person, you keep the conversation about the cause. I think that's where you steer wrong is if you're the advocate and you're using the young person as a cudgel to protect you from any legitimate criticism, that's wrong. If you get distracted by the young person and just start attacking them, like I think Trump did, I think he attacked Greta specifically a couple times, <laughs> then you're in the wrong. So, but it's it's kind of hard sometimes because then people will take your criticism and conflate it with you attacking yep, a yep, young person. Yep, that's, that's the trick. It's pretty dirty. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and, and just to, I mean, it's hard to steal, man, using kids to advance your political goals. But I think if, you know, if you're doing it for any particular kid, whether it's, um, you know, Nick Sandman, the Kyle Rittenhouse, the, the kid that showed up with the AK to to uh, take down Antifa. Uh, that well, was defend, his name, I think. Defend property. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Claudia no, I Conway. Mean, I, that's, I'll steal man. Yeah. Well, the steel man for anyone in the media uh, allowing or, you know, supporting, putting the kid's name out there putting their face, like retweeting their face and their name in your timeline where they're going to get all this attention. I mean, the only steel man for that is to say, hey, look, this issue is really important. And all these issues are there. Everything's important to someone. And we I, we've brought I've brought this up on this podcast as a steel man before. And it can and it can work for pretty much anything to an extent that if you're not causing direct harm, you're just putting the kid's face on social media, right? You're not sending him a mail bomb. You're not telling anyone to attack him. You're putting him at, at a bit of risk, but you're doing it to make people aware of this crazy, stupid, immoral thing that's going on. Then you can always say, well, it's worth the risk that we're going to do some psychological harm to this poor kid. And hey, I'm not doing it myself. Cool. Well, I think that was pretty good. Do you have any last thoughts? Oh, uh, let me get to this one last thing. Well, we're out of time. 